Hello and welcome back to our series on experiencing God in the small group. Uh, This is going to be our final lesson. We're going to combine lessons 11 and 12. Um, I I think that uh, just kind of is going to work out well um, after we talk about doctrine and theology. Just to bring it uh, full circle and just go straight into our lesson on the experience without having any wait time. And so I want to I want to cover both of these lessons. I'll try to do it uh, in a timely manner for you. Um, I, I really hope that you've taken something away from this class. I hope that if you uh, have felt God nudging you to start up a small group, that you're going to really um, lean into that nudge. That you're going to take God seriously. That you're going to move forward with that. I pray that if if you felt Him uh, urging you just to join into a small group, that you would even take that seriously and and just be ready to be ministered to. And I I really hope that, uh, above all else, that throughout all of this, you've found yourself seeking an experience with God in your day-to-day life. Um, it, It doesn't matter if we're in a large sanctuary. It doesn't matter if we're in a small group of 10 or if we're sitting, you know, at home alone in our living room, in our kitchen, dining room, wherever. No matter where you're at, you can experience God's presence and, and really, really know him. Uh, so let's open up with a word of prayer before we get into lesson 11 about doctrine and theology. So Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we do come before you and we thank you, Lord God, for this uh, course that we've just studied. We praise you, Father, because I know, Lord God, that you've moved hearts. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would continue to move hearts, Lord, that, that things would arise in daily life uh, that would cause your children to come back and say, you know what, I remember hearing about this. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to revisit uh, that material. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue to encourage and uplift them in their spirits, that they would find themselves uh, drawing deeper and deeper into your spirit, Lord God. Father, like a like a bucket that sinks down into a well, I pray, Lord, that we would each one allow our spirits to sink down into the well, which is your spirit, and be doused in water, Lord God, that we would bring it up running over, Lord, pouring out in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now, Lord God, an anointing over my lips to speak and an anointing over the ears of those who are listening to hear, receive, and understand. In the name of Jesus, be present with us. And all God's children said, Amen. So uh, for lesson 11 here, the first thing that we want to do is we want to define what is theology and what is doctrine. Well, um, the, the definition of theology is actually really simple. Theology is simply the study of God. Okay? Um, now, that's, that's something that we need to think about. It's the study of God. It's solely knowing about Him. Okay? Doctrine is a belief set that is held, uh, taught, and practiced by any group. And so, uh, a lot of different denominations throughout the Christian faith... Uh, have have their own doctrine um, from from the Assemblies of God to the Church of God, the Brethren Church, United Methodists, Lutherans, Episcopalians. They all have a doctrine that they abide by uh, that should uh, ultimately 
be derived from scripture, but it's, it's a belief set that is held, taught, and practiced by a group, okay? And so when we look at these two things combined, uh, we realize that we all have a certain amount of theology. Um, as, as, as believers in Jesus, as, as God-fearing people, we have a certain theology that we are able to expound on. Uh, we, have, we have a certain amount of study that we've done to know who God is. We've read enough scriptures to see what God can do. We know about him. Uh, we, as, as church-going people, we have doctrine. We have a belief set that we uphold and that we teach and that we practice, right? But the question arises here. Are theology and doctrine enough? And maybe you're sitting back scratching your head and saying, well, why wouldn't they be? Well, if you, uh, if you take those two definitions, there's something that's missing, right? When we look at the study of God and this belief set that we hold, what are we missing? It's the key to this course. We're missing the experience. So when we look at doctrine and theology, we know that God is sovereign. We know that he holds the future. And we know these things really without having any revelation, without having any experience. We know, we know these things based on our faith, based on having read scripture. We see that God was mighty enough to part a sea and, and, and let the Israelites walk through. We see that God was mighty enough and sovereign enough to, to raise the dead back to life. We see that God knows the future in that Jesus in the New Testament foretold his death because he was fully God and fully man. And so he knew what was coming and so he was able to tell, this is what will happen. I will go away, but, but the Holy Spirit will come. You'll have a comforter. We know these things. We have, we have our theology and we have our doctrine without any revelation, without any experience. What do those two things essentially make up then if there's if there's no experience this is probably going to be a little bit of a hot button for some people but when there's no revelation when there's no experience we are left with religion okay and and you want to um you you want to step away from being left with only religion you want that experience so i want to share what we need is this we need a personal revelation of theology and doctrine, okay? We want to know God's goodness and mercy. We want to know his presence in our daily life. We want to know his voice, okay? Remember when we talked about teaching, uh, and we talked about teaching styles, Hebrew versus Greek, we talked about Lamad learning, uh, Lamad teaching, and, and that's the Hebrew style that's based on a life encounter. And so when we say we want to know God's goodness and mercy, that is to say we want to encounter God's goodness and mercy. 
When we say we want to know his presence in daily life, hallelujah, we want to encounter his presence. We want to encounter his voice. And, and I've taught courses on, on hearing God's voice and on being counseled by God. And if you were a part of those courses, then you can take away um, what it means to sit down with a journal and, and be spontaneous and hear the voice of God and be in his midst, be in his presence. All right? Um, you want to, when, when, when you focus on wanting to know and encounter God's goodness. It takes a little bit of a mindset change on our part, okay? Because remembering that we are humans and we live in this fallen world, it's so easy to get caught up in in this yucky mess of stuff. Uh, for lack of better terminology, it, it's just so easy. We look around in the world and we, we just see the darkness. We just see like almost the cloud that just hovers and, and it just brings us down. But if we change our mindset, maybe if we look just beyond that cloud of darkness, we'll see the silver lining. We'll see the sun peering up behind the cloud, which is the goodness and mercy of God. We come and we, and we say, God, I want to experience you today. And I want to be in your presence. And I want to know what it is uh, that you hold for me. I want to know and, and, and be known. So won't you come, Lord God, and be in my, in, in, in my life today. Now that's something. I, I, I wanna. I'm, I'm feeling the Lord push me this way. Um, I, I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer. Lord, come and meet me here where I am right now. Uh, sometimes, sometimes that can be the hardest prayer to pray. Um, when we go through things that are difficult, when we go through things that are hard. The, it, it's it's beyond me, but I can tell you from personal experience, when we go through hard times, sometimes the last thing we want to do is pray. You know, it's it's almost as if um, it's almost as if when we go through a hard time, we want to turn our back on God. But really, what we need to do is turn into God. We need to lean into Him and know that He is running toward us. Uh, no matter how far we run, no matter no matter what we do, he is coming, saying, I'm right here. Stop running away. I want to be there. And so if you pray that prayer, Lord, just come and meet me here. Meet me here in this moment. I honestly believe that, that the moment you utter the name of Jesus, his presence will fill the room. And if you pray that prayer earnestly, Lord, come and meet me here. I truly do believe that he will meet you there and that he will supply all your needs. He's Jehovah Jireh. That he will even heal you. He is Jehovah Rapha. He will let you know that he is there. He is Jehovah Shammah. All right, I, as, as I prepared this lesson, I was reminded of the scripture from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And, and, and when I considered 
doctrine and theology in life. Sure, I, I can read as much scripture as I can possibly digest. I can, I can sit and read a book of discipline from any denomination. But it's an experience that will satisfy the hunger in the spirit. It's an experience, it's an encounter that will satisfy the longing in the spirit. Because Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Somebody come open the door, amen? So that Jesus can come in and you can experience what it is that he has for you. This is the closing scripture for lesson 11, and then we'll turn into lesson 12. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6, it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Listen to this, And he rewards those who seek him. Not he rewards those who seek theology and doctrine, but he rewards those who seek him. Okay? If you're gonna gonna, uh, seek out spending time with your friend, you're not just going to, um, you know, hop on social media and see what you can find out about your friend. Right? So the saying, you're not gonna just dive in the Bible and see what you can find out about God. What you're going to do is you're going to you're going to sure you're going to start there and you're going to you're going to find as much as you need to find about God in the Bible. And then what you need to do from that point is say, "All right, now I I, I think I'm learning who he is, but now I want to experience who he is." And so you raise your hands up. And you say, come, Lord Jesus, meet me here. I am longing for an experience with you. I can tell you firsthand, folks, that that in moments of, of trouble, I have sought God and said, come and meet me here. I, I've, I've gone into church services and said, I feel dry and, and I'm here to worship corporately and I want an experience that's going to rejuvenate my spirit. I want an experience with God in this house that's going to set me free from all of the things that bring me down. And folks, I can tell you this too, that I have, I have sought God in my own home and said, Father, I want you to meet me here. I have worshipped in my own home one-on-one with God and said, come and meet me here. I am seeking you, not just to know more about you, but to know who you are, encounter who you are. And so I want that to be your prayer for the next week and it, and it, I, I really hope and pray that you will find yourself um, really longing to just be in his presence. Uh, when you come to a place of just being in the presence of God, things change. Um, and, and maybe that sounds a little bit cliche, but truly this, this, this is the truth here, folks. 
when you simply utter the name of Jesus, when you when you begin to worship whatever song it is that's in your mind and, and you just begin to sing it out to him, things really do change. Things start looking up. Sure, you might cry. You might bawl your eyes out. You might find yourself at a loss for words. But in his presence, there is an experience to be had that cannot, that cannot be outdone. It can't be. It, 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 it doesn't measure up to anything else. In that moment, when you enter into the presence of Most High God, you'll feel His peace. And you will know that you have been with the Lord. And that brings us then to Lesson 12, the experience. Okay, so we've talked about the encounters, the personal life encounters, the spiritual encounter. And... and, and what we have to do is we have to really we have to apply these things to our life and and so we apply daily life with Christ to to our every situation so if we're in a small group or if we're in a large group we are all responsible for these things Okay, there's four things that we have to be responsible for if we want the experience. First and foremost, we have to allow the Spirit of God to move. Okay, um, we, we as believers, we know this. We've, we've talked about this uh, several lessons ago. You don't want to be the one that puts your foot down and says, I don't want the move of the Spirit today. Because the person that's sitting two seats over from you could be lost and and could be spiraling downward saying, God, I just need you to move. So don't be the one that says, God, don't move today. We, as as believers, we're, we're instructed to love and exhort one another. And one of the best ways that we can love and exhort one another is being sure that we are being obedient to the Spirit and always allowing Him to move. Alright? Second thing that we need to do from daily life with Christ, apply it to the small group, the large group, our every situation, be still in His presence. If we cannot be still in His presence, how do you expect to experience Him? Okay? Uh, when, when you get together with family or get together with friends, in order to have an experience together, it takes time of sitting down, conversation. You talk a little bit, they talk a little bit. It, it takes interaction. You have to be still. Sometimes you're the speaker, but sometimes you're the listener. Okay? The next thing that we're all responsible for is seeking his face in each moment Yes, even when it hurts. Seek his face. Even when you feel like the world has turned upside down. Seek his face. 
in each moment. And finally, this goes back to number one, but this is the direct quote from Spirit, or from, from Scripture, do not quench the Spirit, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. All right? These are, the, these are the four things that we have to apply to daily life. And then when we, when we start applying these things to daily life with Christ, we can apply them anywhere we go. Small group, large group, grocery store, doesn't matter. All right? We can apply them everywhere. All right? Um, I want to review with you guys. We talked about epistemology uh, early on, a system of knowing. We want to talk about what one of the things that Christians say is we know in our heart of hearts or you know that you know that you know okay um, that's quote unquote Christian lingo for the Lord impressed on my spirit the Lord showed me the Lord guide was was the one that was guiding me to that and so we have a system of knowing all of these things. We have a system of knowing that God is sovereign. We have a system of knowing that when we pray, he hears us. We have a system of knowing that if he said it, it must be so. And sometimes we can't explain that system of knowing. But when we when we spend time in his presence when we experience his presence maybe an explanation can come and and so now we talk about faith what is faith well scripture teaches us this faith is the substance of things hoped for but what but not yet seen what would, what would you define faith as? And, I, and maybe if you're taking notes, I want you maybe to even jot down an answer. If, if, you, would, if you would have to define faith, somebody, somebody who is not a believer comes to you and says, I don't, I don't get it. What is faith? And, and they, they don't want to accept the definition that comes from Scripture. That, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and not yet seen. Some people would say that doesn't make sense to them. This is what I would say. Faith is an experience of that which is unseen. You know, uh, I can't see God, but I can experience God. I can't, I can't see how he's moving in my life with the physical eyes but by faith in the eyes of my spirit I can see how he's moving in my life by faith I can see that that what I'm experiencing today will be to his glory I have an experience of something that is unseen I can't see the outcome of what I go through today I can't see the end result of of what I walk through today. This trial that I walk through, how it's going to be used for God's glory, I can't tell you right now. But give it a while. 
Maybe it'll only be a month. Maybe it'll be a year. Maybe it'll be five years. And I can look back at you and say, that was for God's glory. I knew it then, and I can testify to it now. I have that experience of that which is unseen. Okay? Uh, I, I, I want to talk with you about scripture uh, from the book of Titus, chapter 3 and verse 9. This is such a powerful, powerful scripture. It says this, But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. What does that mean? Avoid foolish controversies about genealogies and strife and disputes about the law. Well, Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. Somebody say amen. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross and the law was fulfilled because of the ultimate sacrifice that was made, everything changed in the moment that Jesus cried out, it is finished, and gave up the ghost. Amen? And, and so scripture instructs us to be wise. Avoid foolish controversies. And so we take this to say the law is the opposite of the experience. There's controversies about the law. There's disputes about the law. But they're unprofitable, these things. And so if the experience with God is the opposite of the law, because Jesus died, why? So that we may have life and have it more abundantly, then this is what we need to know. Jesus died so that we would have an experience. Jesus died so that we could enter into the presence of God without taking all of the steps, without sending one high priest into the presence of God, without without going through the steps of the law. Jesus opened the door for each and every one of us, called us to a royal priesthood, called us a chosen generation. And Jesus says, I have come for you to have life, to have it to the fullest. And I'm here to tell you this. I personally believe, it's my own personal conviction, that I do not have life to the fullest if I am not experiencing Christ. Because if I'm not experiencing Christ, then I'm only alive, not truly living. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Right? Jesus came and set you free. So live life knowing that you can experience God. This is the closing scripture that I want to leave you with. 
Um, and, and, I, and I hope and pray that this scripture means as much to you as it does to me. From the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, we are given these two powerful statements. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Those two things combined are an experience with God Almighty. And I hope and it is my prayer for you that you will find yourself able to rejoice evermore and able to pray without ceasing and able to experience the fullness and the goodness of God. With that, I want to thank you for being a part of this. I want to thank you for the time that you've spent uh, learning this information. I really hope and pray that you're growing from it, that you're, uh, that you're really taking it in, that you're falling deeper in love with Jesus because you hear the good news, because you hear the gospel. I hope and pray that you're taking something away uh, to, to really broaden your horizons, to, to deepen your, the, the power of your witness so that when people come to you and say, what is it that's different, that you have an answer, okay? And, and I really, I, I, I pray and pray and pray for each of you that you would find yourselves ready, ready for the fullness of an experience with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this time, and I thank you, Lord God, for these people who have joined in and taken this course. I pray, Lord God, that each one of them have, have heard your voice in some manner. I pray, Lord God, that each person who's joined together will find themselves uh, ready for that experience, Lord God. Father, as, as I pray this prayer, I even hear you now saying, I will move like a mighty rushing wind, and I give you praise for that, Lord God. And I pray over each one of these people that as the wind rushes through, Father, that they would simply extend their hands and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That I would experience the mighty rushing wind. Hallelujah. Let it rain, Lord God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now a blessing that would fall upon each person who will receive it. Father, that each person would find themselves longing to come deeper in relationship with you. Father, knowing that just the reading of scripture isn't enough, just having doctrine and theology isn't enough for us anymore, but Father, that, that they would find themselves knowing that we need an experience with our master, that we need an experience with your holy presence. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would let it rain. Father, that each person would just take that first step in obedience to say, yes, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to serve you. I want to move forward in your spirit, in your presence. I want the experience to go with the name, the name that is above every name, 
the name of Jesus that is upon my heart. I want the experience to tell about. I want the experience to testify of. Father, if that is their prayer, I pray in unity with them that you would give them an ultimate experience. Father, if it's a miracle that they seek, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would unleash a holy miracle upon them. Father, if it is simply a, a blessing that they seek, I pray that you would pour out your blessing. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that they would find themselves richly, richly endued with your power. Hallelujah, Father. I give you thanks, Lord God, once more for this time, for these people. And I pray, Lord God, that in, that in your time, each one of them would find themselves testifying of the goodness of God that they have experienced in their own lives. In the name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Thank you again. I really appreciate um, that you joined in with, the, with me in this course and I pray that it's really blessed you. And I hope and pray that you do find yourself longing for experience. If you want personal prayer, you are welcome to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to pray with you. Um, that's, that's what I love to do. I love to pray with people and help them reach that experience. And if that's what you long for, just reach out to me and I'll be more than happy. If you have any questions um, about small groups, how to experience God, uh, in a small group, a large group, or more so one-on-one, -on -one, reach out. You know that I will answer your questions, but thank you so much. Uh, it's a blessing and an honor and a privilege for me to teach these courses, and I really do hope and pray uh, that you'll meet back here with me for the next course that will be starting soon. Uh, God bless you all, and I love you. Take care.